there is a story that the Bible tells uh, us that even sinners are are very much aware of. I know they are. I know I know sinners knows about Ezekiel and the valley of dry bones. And I don't know how many times I've heard it or you've heard it. I don't really know how many times I've preached about it. But this week the Lord had led me to this story uh, and it's actually a vision that God gave to Ezekiel to show him what he wanted to do for his people. He was going to give them a new birth, a new start. I know that everybody in here in one way or another would like some kind of a mulligan or a do-over or a start with something. If it's nothing but the pot of soup that you made today that's scorched, you want a do-over. Everybody here likes to start all over with something. And so on a great scale, God knew that his children had been through so many roller coaster rides and acts of rebellions and times of God just having to let his judgment. That's a lot of what's going on in the earth right now, I do believe. Uh, in our country, I believe not the wrath of God. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the tribulation after the rapture. But I, I do believe, I firmly believe that you will always reap what you sow. You'll do that. And, you know, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. But there's also a part of the Lord that's always trying to restore us and bring us back and trying to just help us out. That's why he said, you know, old things, when you come to me, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new because that's what the Lord wants for all of us. That's what the Garden of Eden is all about. Sin messed up a perfect world, and God says, well, I'm not going to let sin and a mistake and disobedience have the final say-so and the last say-so. So what did God do? God began then making a, a way of atonement. You see that in the garden when an animal had to be killed, blood had to be shed, in order for God to clothe Adam and Eve. And then you could see that unfold many times throughout the word all the way to Calvary when the perfect lamb of God was sacrificed to wash away our sins once and for all. So God's always done this. And if you haven't heard me say it, I just want to reiterate to you and people streaming that until the sound of the trumpet until the bride is raptured, the restrainer is removed, the church is out of the way. God will always, you'll always see judgment and God's uh, displeasure with mankind and decisions, but you will always see the hand of God reaching and pulling. That's why he said, I'm standing at the door knocking. He said, the Lord says, even to me and you, go to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in so my house can be full. So God shows us his nature, and you'll hear all kind of things in the world, especially right now. He's a good, kind, loving God. Why does he send people to hell? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? You'll hear all these kinds of things, and it's everything but what the word God of God says, and he's a God of restoration. So in the 37th chapter 
of Ezekiel once again. This is what God's doing, and he's showing his prophet Ezekiel through a vision. He takes him to a valley that is filled with corpse, and they're not just corpse that's been there for hours or days. It's, it's, it's an entire valley, and it's full of dry bones, meaning there's nothing left. There's nothing been there for a long time but just dry bones. And so this dream, this vision, rather, starts out like this. Then the hand of the Lord came upon me. And I, I'm going to do what I do a lot. I'm going to do this two times. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of dry bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were many, very many, in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, Oh, Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, Prophesy to these bones. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a shaking or rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews in the flesh came upon them, and the skins covered them over, but there was no breath in them two times. I want to stress that because this is kind of like a, a pivot point for us in a minute. And so verse 9 says, Also he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breathed upon, uh, and breath came unto them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. See, that's where we're going. God's wanting to do something for his people. They indeed say, God's showing Ezekiel in this dream what from heaven he's hearing from his people on earth. He's giving him a visual aid, an object lesson in the spirit. He said, this is what they are saying to me. Our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. So I want to start by telling you when you prophesy, uh, prophesy 
or prophesying and prophecy are two different things. They kind of are related, but they're two totally different things. When you prophesy, you are simply just declaring. You're speaking what God has said or what God is saying. And if you go back to verse 4, you're going to see there's a sequence set in motion here. By the way, here we go. This sequence was not just for Ezekiel to relay, but it's God again talking to me and you right now. So let's start at verse 4. This is how, because everybody in here, you nodded, raised your hand or in your heart. A while ago, you said, yeah, there is something that needs reviving. There is something that needs new birth. There is something that I need to do over again. I need a new start in this area of my life. So God wants you to listen today because you are Ezekiel, okay? So verse 4, the first thing in this sequence, he says, I want you to prophesy, speak the word of God, what God is saying to these bones. I must pause for a moment and say, when God is telling you to prophesy or speak, many times, most of the time, I will say, it's to something that looks like it's too late, it's way past something changing about it, it's beyond even a miracle, we might seem. But God wanted to stress to Ezekiel so he could stress to the people that felt like there was no hope, there was nothing else that could be done. God wanted him to say, it looks dead, it looks hopeless, and everywhere you look, because the valley was full of dry bones, he says, there looks like nothing else can be done. Much like the story of Lazarus. Four days he's been in the grave, and he already was starting to have that decaying smell about him and about the grave. And the people thought that this is going to be an impossible thing. But see, not when the word showed up. And when you prophesy, you are just simply saying what the word says. That's why when Jesus walked up to that tomb I'm referring to, the tomb had no choice but to respond because it was the word of God that was addressing a dead, decaying thing. I know I'm going back to a couple of weeks ago, and that's what years, hundreds of years prior to that incident, God was showing us through Ezekiel. Listen, this is not just a four-day situation. Man, this valley is full of dry bones. This is full of a dead a, a, a decayed, a rotting situation. There's nothing else to rot. It's just bones, and it's dry, and it looks so miserable. It, it's a bad reminder that death has occurred, and, and, and now there's not even a good memory because I see, all I see is dryness and death. And I might be explaining somebody's situation right now, so you need to pay attention, but there's a sequence here that God wants you to see. He said, I want you to prophesy 
to the bones. And let me tell you, in the power of your tongue, there's life and there's death. That's why the more we speak negative things or the more we have negative conversations, that's why we feel down. That's why we feel victimized. That's why we, because we don't declare the things of God. I'm not saying be uh, uh, pie in the sky and, and, and just walk around overly optimistic but what I am saying there is power in your tongue and when you say what God said I don't care if all you know is Psalm 23 it wasn't even David saying that it was David pinning that but it was God speaking that to David and all David was doing was writing it down and he was declaring it and it was packaged in the book of Psalms and it was numbered number 23 so if that's all you know when you feel down or you feel like it's just dead all around me and there's nothing else I can do or anybody else can do if you will just say the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me he makes me he makes me what you are doing you are saying something number one it's going to edify you instead of being negative all the time it's going to lift you up it's like David I heard this week he encouraged himself in the Lord but also I've told you this again those bones in your life have heard what you have just said that the Lord is the one that makes the Lord is the one that makes me lie down the Lord is the one that prepares a table the Lord is the one. Well, those dry bones in your life, they also hear because those bones know, well, it was the Lord that made me in my mother's womb. And those bones hear what you are saying. And it's a faith thing because it's dead. It's dry. And it just looks like there's no more use to it. But that's why you've got to speak the word of God in faith. And it's just simply called prophesying. You say it. And the Bible says in that same verse 4 that the bones hear. Let's read it again. Let's read it. Prophesying to these bones and say, Oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, God's not a fool, folks. God would not have said prophesy to these bones if God didn't know that the bones could hear. And I know a lot of people say it was a vision. Nope, it was God trying to train this man to train those people that they would understand. God has no limitations, church. I don't care what you've been told. I don't care what your body has told you or even the world you live in. I don't even care what the church has told you. You've got to understand God left the word here so you could walk in the word. You could prophesy the word and all the things around you would hear what you're saying. Think about what you said this week. How much time have you spent even though it might be true, how much time have you devoted either saying or hearing negative things compared to prophesying the Word of God over things, around things? I'm not talking about one of these fake people, oh, blessings, praise the Lord, God is good and all that, and these people cuss you out if you hit them the wrong way. Y'all might not know people like that. I know a lot of Christians just like that. They can say it, they can post it, they can tweet it. But all you got to do, mess with their youngin', leave $2 off their paycheck, uh, don't put the uh, 
I don't want to say fattening sweet cakes in their grocery bag at the grocery store, they will come after you. There won't be no blessing or sugar or honey. They will show you. I'm not talking about that kind of person. What I'm talking about is this right here, a person that understands, look, it doesn't matter. The Apostle Paul said, I've learned to be content in whatever state I'm in, but for me to live, it's going to be Christ. Whether they're beating my back, throwing stones at me, or they're taking up an offering for me so I can keep on evangelizing. Paul said, it's going to be Jesus. As long as I'm alive, it's going to be Jesus. And it's called the one. I'm kind of spending more time I wanted to on verse 4. But you've got to understand how to start out this sequence because you're going to feel like a fool. And that right there is going to rule out half the conversation. Congregation. So you ain't going to say anything. And then you're going to pick and choose what you're going to say something to. Something that looks like it's got a little bit of life and ain't dead yet. There's a little bit of meat on the bone. You'll prophesy to that. See, this is why we are told we walk by faith. I don't have to have proof from God. I know Gideon did. I ain't got to lay a fleece out. I've got the word of God that he tells me he goes in front of me, he goes behind me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. If he put meal in the widow's barrel, he can meet my every need. I don't have to have a sign from God. I've got a great sign from God called his word. And he said, you've got my permission to use it and prophesy over everybody and everything that you know in this life. And I think he wanted to use a valley of dry bones just to show you nothing's off the table in your life, church. There's not a relationship off the table. There's not a job off the table. There's not some kind of healing off the table. There's nothing dead in your life that's not subject to the Word of God. You need to wake up and prophesy to Mars, all I can tell you, and watch what God will do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then he said... Here we start in the sequence. So now i got to do something. i got to feel like a fool. We are fools for Christ's sake. I've got to prophesy to these bones, this situation. And I've got to tell the bones, look, I ain't playing around. Hear the word of God. Don't listen to me. Listen to what thus saith the Lord. And then verse, if you go down to verse 7, we're going we're gonna to skip. Go to verse 7. He said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking or rattling. So when I did what God told me to do, this is what happened. Things started moving, you see. The bones started responding, not because of my voice, but the words I chose to use with my voice, which was God's words and not my own. And I want you to know, just can I just go ahead and say this because I, I need to get this out sooner than later. Every single week when you come into this church, I pray over and I look, I wait, even if I think God's got it all ready on Monday and on Saturday. He says, I think we're going to turn right today and go down this dirt road here. 
I don't have a say-so in the matter. When I walk behind this pulpit every week of my life, I want you to know whether you believe it or not or whether you feel like it blesses you or makes you mad. I come up behind this pulpit and I prophesy what God has commanded me to say that day and I don't have an option. I don't have feelings. I don't have opinions. And I say what God's laid on my heart to say. And then when people receive it, when I receive it, then there's testimonies that come up of what God has said. So I, I get a text. I get a call. Somebody posts a praise report. There was some rattling going on. There was some shaking going on because somebody received the word on Sunday and they didn't reject it. They didn't push it aside. They received it. So God started making things move in your life. And that's what God's called us all to do, not just me. I'm charged by God to do it every Every day, not just on Sunday, to declare the word of God, prophesy at Walmart, prophesy at Food Line, prophesy at the bank, prophesy when you're checking your mail, prophesy when you're clocking in and you're clocking out, prophesy, you speak, you speak, you speak, because that's what will make all the difference to all the bones in your life. You've got to do it, church. You've got to understand you're leaving some mighty warfare on the table. And so I do as I commanded, as I was commanded, he said. And then all of that started happening. And you know what? I like what the latter part of verse 7 says. Then the bones came together. That's a remnant being formed. It's called the bride of Christ. See, not everybody in every church is going to want the word of God. People say, look, whatever the word of God is saying, that's what I want. If it makes me cry because of conviction or if it just makes me rejoice because I see God working in an area in my life, I want what the Word of God says. And there's remnants all over the world right now that God is pulling together. The bones are coming together. Yeah, we're laying in a valley. Yeah, we've been beat by the devil. Yeah, we don't have flesh on us at times. But praise be to God, all we got to do is get a little bit of that manna from on high and all the bones start. Well, look what God, yeah, I got a bad report yesterday, but I didn't get that report. Yeah, they told me they're going to cut my hours, but I didn't lose my job, praise God. And see, all these remnants all over the earth are starting to come together right now. Everybody's not crying foul. Everybody's not mad at God or the church. The true remnant, the body of Christ, is starting to come together. That's because when people shake on Sunday because of the word of God. Oh, iron sharpens iron, and we get together. And oh, hallelujah. And that's why when we pray for each other, even though we don't see the miracle then, we sure feel a little bit better in our soul because we've encouraged one another. So I just, I just prophesy to you today, and I say, listen, let God do what he wants to do in your life. There's other people that's going to do it, and if somebody says something negative or contrary, you just prophesy and say, well, I pray God bless you. And then all of us remnant, all of us bones, we're going to get together and we're going to hear the sound of the trumpet sooner than later. We are. So, listen. So they came together. Verse 8 says, flesh came upon them and skin covered them. Flesh and skin is two different things. Flesh is what you're made up of, and it protects all your organs, everything about you. But your skin is what covers 
your flesh. How many of you have ever been told or told somebody, you need to have thick skin? Have thick skin so it won't wound your flesh. And see, this is the way of having thick skin when you hear the Word of God. Every time, see, every time you, well, it, it doesn't matter if I'm preaching or if you're listening to the Bible app, you're reading it yourself. The Word of God is being prophesied to you. It's being declared. It's the declaration of what God has said or what God is saying. And what you do when you entertain that and you receive that, you are building yourself up on your most holy faith and your, thin is get, your skin is getting thick. And you know what? And things will start coming together in your life. Send you upon send you flesh and skin. All these things will amount to something because you are doing what God has said to do and not what the world or even the church or even what your own opinion tells you to do. You're doing what thus saith the Lord and your flesh and your body hears that and you know what your flesh is going to do. Can I give you a good example? I'll, I'm going to do it until, until I'm through preaching forever. But just like if your flesh says, well, you don't have to go to church on Wednesday night or you don't want to, oh, no, here we go. Watch out, it's Pastor Appreciation Preacher. I'll take my pot of soup and go. <laughs> Listen to me. It's like when you give yourself permission. And you say, well, I don't have to do that. But you can do other things on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday night. See, what you didn't do, you did not receive the prophecy of the Lord. I don't have an accurate number to tell you how many times I've quoted Hebrews 10, 25 to you. As you see the day approaching, forsake not the assembling of yourself. So let's stop and let, let, let's, let's evaluate that right quick. There, there, there's only two things that you can walk away with that scripture. Either number one, you don't see the day approaching. Or number two, and I'm going to say it like God sees it. You don't care what God says about not forsaking. You're going to do what you want to do because you're a Christian and you go to church and you pay the tithe. I don't have to do that. Well, there you go, you see. So you can't, you can't just hopscotch on Wednesday or Sunday and then, well, he said I can prophesy. You, you can't prophesy. You can't live in disobedience in one area of your walk with God and then expect to get the full approval of God's word in other areas of your life. You can't do it. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't have two masters. You can't serve your flesh. You can't serve your religious mind. You've got to do what thus saith the Lord. And you don't have to give me an excuse. I don't need excuses, church. I don't need excuses. What you've got to do, you've got to come to realization that you are going to give an account for what I prophesy at this church every week. And what you do with, like I'm going to be judged for what I say, how I say it, you're going to be equally judged just like I am with what you do with the information because I'm not reading you my personal prayer journal or my diary. I'm reading you what thus saith the Lord. That's all I'm giving you. I don't have an opinion. I don't have a thought about it. I'm just telling you what God says. So see, 
what happens, the devil talks you into being disobedient in one area of your life, and then when you walk in to that valley of dry bones on Thursday morning, for instance, and you're squalling or you're hurting and all that, he sits back, well, you're on your own. That's what he does. See, he ain't there to help you then. That's what the devil does. Oh, you're on your own now. Go on. I, help, I helped you disobey, but now you're you on your own now. You fix it. Whatever you did on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, tell that to address your problems. Tell that to fix your bones. Am I preaching today, church, or am I just like venting today? I'm telling you what Acts, I mean, I'm sorry, Hebrews 10.25 says. That's exactly what I'm telling you. So verse 9 says, then he said unto me, prophesy now unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind. Come, O breath, and breathe. So see, this is where what we're doing every week really has, has to matter, and we have to give it our full attention at this church. On Sunday, we have to do it. Because here's what happens. If you read this whole verse right here, it says, okay, the flesh was there, the bones, sinews, the skin, all of that. But there was no breath. There was no life. There's people sitting around you right now that you don't know what they're going through with. You don't know what they just dealt with this week. They come in here. They look like a Christian. They look alive. They look somewhat happy, but they are dying on the inside. They need something that's going to resurrect the lost hope that they once had. I cannot serve milk and cookies. I've got to tell people what God, because somebody in here might not see fit to live on Monday. I cannot play games with the Word of God. Somebody needs prophesying every time I stand up here on this stage. And I have to tell you, and you may have it all together. Your bank account might be packed. Your life might be paid off. But there's somebody in here right now that don't know what to do tomorrow. They need they need, they need to know today that they can prophesy to a lost son or a lost daughter. They can prophesy to an atheist or a homosexual at work. They can prophesy to somebody that said, I've tried it, but no, you ain't talking to them with your own will. You're just telling them that the Lord, you are, that's all you know, the Lord can be your shepherd. The Lord can lead you. The Lord can make you. The Lord can make you. And you may not see the flesh on the bones right now, but I guarantee you planted a seed, and God said his word won't come back empty or without some kind of accomplishment. <laughs> Hallelujah. So... So you got to prophesy, and you got to do it. That's what you do every day. You are somebody else's encouragement. You, the Word of God in you is the breath, hallelujah, to somebody else that just looks like they got it all together. Somebody else that's really dying on the inside. They don't know what to do. They are the valley of dry bones. You, my brothers and sisters, are the answer. You are the prophesying. You are the voice. You are the one that says, listen, I'm praying over you today. I'm praying 
that the God of all comfort will comfort you during this. I'm praying that Jehovah Jireh that's able to provide will provide you. That Jehovah Shalom, our peace, that he will give you peace that passes understanding. I'm telling you right now, when you start prophesying that to people, and or instead of asking people, have you tried this pill? Or have you went to that website yet? Or have you tried? If you'll just prophesy to the bones, folks, it'll start making a difference because the word of God is still the most powerful thing known to man on this earth. Hallelujah. So, I, I just want to get down to verse 10 real quick. So I prophesied. Here's the key. As he commanded me. He wasn't doing on his own. He was following instructions. And that's what I pray every day. That's what I pray on Sunday. As he commanded. And the breath came. When you do what God says, hallelujah, the breath will come. He says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. He said, if you diligently seek me, then you'll be able to find me. There is no way possible that you cannot prophesy the word of God and say what God says to do. There is, He said, if you even say to this mountain, mountain, be plugged up and move over there. Just a, just a grain, a grain of a mustard seed. He said, it'll be done. See, that's the power of the word of God. And we've got to quit saying what we heard on uh, all the news stations or we read on a post last night or what somebody said. Some, everybody is a liar except for God. And you've got to understand that. Republicans, Democrat, White House, Hollywood, New York, L.A., all of these people are liars because the devil is the one that owns and controls everything. I made some people more matter now than at any other time because you're more Democrat than you are Christian. You're more Republican than you. You are more mainstream media. You're more social, uh, social media than you are Christian. And you've got to wake up. You cannot go in the rapture like that serving two masters. You've got to pledge your allegiance. You've got to pledge your love. You've got to pledge your life to the one who gave his life. He's, the, he's coming back. And you've got to know I'm spotless. I don't have a wrinkle on me from all this mainstream media. I'm in the blood of Jesus. I'm walking the straight and narrow, the way of the cross. I don't want anything this world's got off. You've got to do that if you want to make it in on the rapture. It doesn't matter if people like you or don't like you. Jesus loves you. God wants to bring you in. God loves you. That's where your focus needs to be. If you will learn to let God love you and love God's word, the bones will rattle around you. The bones will come together in your life. Things that's always falling apart will all, together, all of a sudden come together, church. There's no shortcuts to obedience. There's none. And that's what they, they did. The breath came. They lived. They stood on their feet. And it was an exceeding army. See, I believe there's enough people here today to go out of this church prophesying today for the great army that we need to evangelize Scotland County to take place within a matter of a week. 
because there's that not, you don't have that much power. I don't have, but the word of God can transform dry bones. It can transform everybody you know, everything you know, everybody you know. And we have an army around us. We have an army among us. If we will just learn to say what God has said, church, let God be true and every man a liar. That's what I need to know. I need to know what God says. I need to know what God says. There's, there's such an attempt now, and I don't know how much you know or if you even know about this at all, but there is so much of an attempt within the church and religious community to completely do away with parts of the Bible that are not politically correct now. All kinds of attempts. The Bible doesn't mean what it says anymore. And this is why all of us, not just preachers, you have to study to show yourselves approved because the devil himself will come as an angel of light. And if you're not a prayer warrior, if you're not a Bible student on your face every morning, every night, in your car, whatever, he's going to get you because I've already told you, he's investing more time into your demise than you are on building yourself up. And that's why we have to do, and we have to know what God has said. So they stood up, and they said, our bones are dried. We're here. Our bones are dried. But we don't have no hope because here we are, a bunch of bodies now. We were bones, but now all we are is a bunch of bodies in a big old mass grave just in a big old graveyard, just our hope is lost. We're down here in this hole. I'm going back to something I didn't plan on saying today, and that's Psalm 23. Though I, this is what you do when you seem like, well, I'm here, but I don't have any hope. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death itself, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. You, your rod and your staff, one helps me out when I'm in a pickle and one corrects me. One helps and one hurts, but it's a good hurt because the Lord is making me into something he sees in me. He don't see you as a, just a bag of bones. He don't see you as just a warm body with a pulse. He sees you as somebody that he's walking through the valley with, like he walked through that fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and not even smoke was on their clothes. God sees you with him beside you, his son in you, and him taking you through everything, including a mass dead life that may be around you. And you've got to understand that. So, let me just jump back in at verse 12. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves 
and bring you into the land of Israel. See what God wants to do? Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I, here we go. I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. Say, I shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and performed it, says the Lord. The most repeated question by Jesus during his ministry was this. Have you never read? Have you never read? Underneath that simple question is a life-altering implication. You should read the Word of God. That's why Jesus also says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Jesus knows that there is a spiritual hunger inside of every human heart that can only be satisfied by consuming the words of God. Christian, give yourself to the Word of God. The Word of God is a rock, strong and steady. It doesn't budge, break, or crumble under pressure. It's an anchor in the storm, keeping us calm when everything around us is chaotic. The Word of God is a mirror showing us who we really are. You don't just read the Word of God, it reads you. It's a treasure, beautiful in every dimension and worth every effort of discovery. It brings endless joy and eternal riches to all who find it. It's a fire spreading across the world to bring heat and light. It's a river bringing life and power to everything it touches. The Word of God is a seed planted deep inside of our hearts, producing the fruit of holiness and righteousness. The Word of God is a sword, dividing true and false, right and wrong, good and evil. It's a hammer, crushing what needs to be crushed and breaking what needs to be broken. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to show us our path. So let the voice of God be the first the last and the loudest voice in your ear today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your life. Give yourself to the Word of God. In this room right now that need prophesying too. This week I heard the graveyard just seems to get keep getting bigger. I, I, I heard that uh, two times at least up at the high school here that there's absolutely no control. Fight after fight after fight, administration being harassed, people leaving and all that. And people will come up with all kind of voting scenarios and all that. But let me tell you what's going on at the high school. This is just another sign of us living in a day and a time of lawlessness. And church, I want to tell you, you cannot vote. You cannot make your mind up enough to do anything about lawlessness. The only thing that lawlessness hears is the Word of God, like the dry bones, because these situations are already dead up there. There's a lot of youngins going to school every day and don't know if they'll get shot, they'll get beat up, they'll get cut. There's a lot of teachers that go there. I'm speaking for the whole school system. 
But I'm telling you, these are things that are going down right now. And the only thing that will make a difference right now is the Word of God and praying. You can't make shirts. You can't make bumper stickers. You can't just have moments of silence. You can't walk in protest. That's not going to do it. The only thing that confronts lawlessness in these days, the mystery of iniquity, it's called God's Word. It's the same yesterday, Valley of Dry Bones today, and it will be tomorrow. And this is why when you send your child to school, the high school or any school, public, private, home school, you need to prophesy over your child, no weapon formed against you will prosper, nor will it prevail. God be your protector. God be your anointer. God be your provider. God be your wisdom. God be your source. God be your strength. God be your friend. I speak that in the name of Jesus because that's what the Bible said he is. He is a protector. He's a deliverer. He's a provider. He is our peace. And that's the only thing that's going to, because you're not going to fix the system, but you can protect your child in the system. You're not going to change it at work. You're not going to change it in the state of North Carolina. You're not going to change it in our country. We are on our way to the Lord calling his bride home. And the only thing that the graveyard hears even today, it might not have your dry bones that he saw, but there's some kind of situation that looks far too gone. It's the word of God. And again, for the second time today, there is no shortcut to the word of God. You either speak it and you live by it and you see the rattling as a result and the shaking and the coming together, or you just get ran over and they'll tell you we in charge not you I'm really torn about everything I just said because I don't know if people are happy mad don't know all what's going on I'm just telling you if you don't know it's bad it's not going to get better elected or unelected it's not going to get better church it's going to get better for me it's going to get better for many of you, I hope. But it ain't going to get better for the world. Don't expect the world to turn back into a paradise. It's not going to do that. Don't expect Buford Pusser to come out of the grave and go be the principal at the high school. Ain't going to happen. Now nobody knows who Buford Pusser is. Unless you're 56 or 90 years old. I know Billy Weathington does. He's an old coot like me. Because he clapped. He could fix it, though. So there's not just the thought of saying the word of God. Let's read the word of God, what the prophet Joel said in Joel 2. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams your young men shall see visions and i'm telling you right now the word and not all these woke agendas is the only thing that's going to work you've got to prophesy to your marriage you got to prophesy to your family you got to prophesy to your children you got to prophesy to your your health you got to prophesy to your pocketbook that's got a hole in the bottom of it. You got to prophesy to going to sleep at night. You got to prophesy over your house where the enemy could come in and steal and harm. You got to prophesy to the school again. You got to prophesy to everything you know about you. You've got to live. Man shall not 
but what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I'm talking to children, I'm talking to young people, I'm talking to students, I'm talking to everybody. If you are not a Bible reader and you are not a Bible hider, you don't hide it in your heart. You need to start yesterday because the world's caving in. The tombs is high and happy. They're proud. They're hungry. The grave's never satisfied. And you need to understand, there's not a grave. There's not a tombstone. There's not a grave marker in this building right now that will not heed and bow down and give way to the Word of God. Everybody in here, you got something in the graveyard right now. You got some bones in there. You got some hopelessness. It ain't going to hurt. They've tried it 10 times, and it don't work. I've prayed it 40 times. I've fasted. I've done everything. I've cried till my eyes are swollen. But let me tell you something. All of that's noteworthy. But I'm telling you right now, if you will live by the word of God, speak the word of God. Let me tell you something. God will see that you put your faith in his word, not in what man said. God will see that you put your faith in his wisdom and not your own. And you will get the attention of almighty God. God will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it is what he said. I'm going to tell you this and then we're going to be through. You've got to understand that the word is truth, it's a lamp, and it's a light. Second Peter 1.19 said, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn, and the day star arise in your heart. You see, there's a lot of people online, people in here. You're living in a dark place. You don't know how to get out of it. The Word, the Word, the Word addresses that. The Word solves that problem. Over in John 17, he said, Lord, sanctify them by your truth. Your Word is a truth. And I've been quoting Psalm all day today, but I'm going to quote 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and it's a light unto my path. If you want to know how to get out of the spiritual escape room that you're in, I'm going to give you the clue of clues right now. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. It's the B-I-B-L-E. So what does the truth the lamp and the light address. It, uh, first of all, the truth addresses falsehood and lies that you've been told or either you believe. Your lamp addresses wandering feet sometimes that go where you ought not to go. And you can't see and sometimes you walk in. I did the other day. Trying to save money in the church. I told them, don't walk around in this church at least without your phone light on. I cleaned up that first road with a big old strawberry right there. Yes, I did. The word of God is a lamp for your feet. You don't bump into things you have no business bumping into. You don't bump into things by mistake. You don't get involved in things because you've got the lamp of the word taking your feet 
down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But also, then the word is also the lamp that takes care of the dark world around you. So lies about you, wandering feet under you, and the world around you is what the world word will address, church. And nobody in here, nobody can stand to be without the word in full operation in your life. Amen. Amen. I don't even care how you feel about the church or anything. You need it. I need it. God knows it. That's why he provided it for us. And the Bible says, just like Ezekiel, I'm here today prophesying the word to you. Peter and John went to the gate. We just had this to happen a few weeks ago in the foyer during the week. Somebody come by wanting money. And I told them what I'm about to quote right now. I'm going to tell you what Peter and John said. Silver and gold have we none. But I really did this. But what we have, we're going to give it to you right now. We're giving you Jesus. And Jesus will take care of everything in your life if you will come to uh, a clean understanding and be real with Jesus. He will take care of everything in your life. That's what he said. He knew that the word was the only thing that was going to help people. And then the Bible says in Numbers 20 and verse 8, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother. Here we go. They were thirsty, they were without water, and they were told by God to, to do this. Speak, that's prophesy, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, and y'all shall, you shall give it to the congregation and their beasts, to drink. Every time, God always used the word through his messenger in some way or another. God used his word to address down to the physical needs of his beloved creation called mankind. It's his word. It always was his word, and it's still his word today. Do not be moved, and don't be alarmed by the words of this world. They will fall to the ground. We are not uh, here to take on the fear that the devil gives us about gas, about sickness, about Nuclear threat that is a real threat right now. That's the news you ought to be praying about. What's about to be pointed to Israel and Ukraine. And you probably may be told whatever team you're on that it ain't going to happen or blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you what the word says. In the last days, all of the people, all the nations will come together against Israel. By the way, if your favorite person in politics or on uh, TV tells you that it's okay to start hating Jews and blaming Jews, you better run because you're being lied to because these are precious people and that's a precious nation that God says will be here when everything else is blown off the map. So I'm telling you, you better divorce this world and fall in love with the Word of God or all of you are going to be led astray. I want you to stand, if you will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Talk about politics. Boy, them claps fade quick. 
Yeah, they do. We donkeys, we elephants, we don't care. I'll go to church. Seriously, folks, you got to understand, that's been one of the biggest, most successful things in the United States of America from hell. It's called politics. People actually believe that there's a such thing as a Democrat party, there's a Republican party, that there's libertarians, that there's independent. People believe that stuff. These people are highly paid actors and actresses at best. You don't see that. MSNBC, Fox didn't tell you that, did they? They can't tell you all that. If you dig down deep enough, watch them on each other's yacht in Maui, on each other's plane, at each other's ski resort, in private steakhouses together. Oh, I see that. Huh. You see all that? You ain't supposed to see that. All's you supposed to see. All's. All's. As long as Angie's in the back, that's fine. Listen. All you're supposed to see is what they want you to believe. Our team against their team. Go, team, go. And it's worked. It's worked on most of the people in here. You believe it. You believe there's a such thing as Democrats. You believe there's a such thing as Republicans. You believe they actually vote and pass laws and the majority voted. No, everything that happened has already been predetermined. I told you about growing up in Boy Scouts. We used to, Rohan and Junior High in Rockingham, we would direct traffic for wrestling matches. Yeah, nature boy. Woo! Ricky Steamboat, Paul Jones, Superfly Snooker, Dusty Rhodes, all of them hated each other in front of them ringside seats. We directed the traffic. They rode out together. I'm sorry you believe it. Yeah, it's like Santa Claus. I'm sorry. Now, I didn't hear that. I watched that, okay? But they would, people would cut each other inside that gym talking about their opponent. That's the way people do it. I mean, that's the way Christians do over politics. And you being played like a deck, son. You don't, they laugh. They laugh at the American people. But in front of the camera, they're pro, they hate each other. They all do. Trump, uh, Schumer, Pelosi, uh, Mitch, all of them. These people are lifelong colleagues. I only named a few. I've really messed a lot of people up. I can tell it from right here. I, I've either made you mad or I confused you to death because that just don't gel with what you see on TV. Think about it. On TV. Tele. Tele. Vision. They telling you the vision they want you to believe. I've told you. I've prophesied, hadn't I? I've prophesied. I've told you. And I'm going to leave you with this. Everybody in here that you know for a fact you got something in the graveyard.
I just want everybody to come to the altar that you know that you need to prophesy to something today. Come. Nobody probably knows it but you and the Lord, but that's all right. We're not proud of the bones, whether we ask for them or not. We don't like that valley. We don't like that graveyard. If you are a sinner, you are in a grave that I cannot explain. But God, through his word, wants to bring you together with these other bones in here. It's into the kingdom. And all you have to do, if you're online, all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I, I wake up to death every day. I wake up to death every day. I'm waiting on the day when I don't wake up no more. I'm waiting on the day. The Lord says, I will save you in your sin. If you will surrender and submit to me. Old things will be gone and everything else in your life will be brand new. This is that brand new birth that the Lord wants to do. But you have to ask him. You have to say, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Father God, we gather at this altar today because let that word be in our mouth like a sweet honeycomb, Lord. Help us to learn, Lord. We don't have to know a whole chapter. All we got to do is, as we learn, just stand and declare and prophesy one verse over our marriage, over our workplace, over our children, over our spouse, over our finances, over our health, over our mental health, over our neighbor, over our school. Help me, Lord, to start today by declaring what you have said. It will hear just like the dry bones hurt. It will hear. Everything has to hear your word. Father God, I pray that you would let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart, Lord, be acceptable in your sight. If it's the word, it will be, because you're our strength and our redeemer. And the news is,